0: I hope you don't mind,
1: I hope you don't mind That I put down the words How wonderful life
0: is While you're in the world Oh yeah, getting Jeremiah Wonders started on the right positive foot with a little bit of Elton John Somebody wanted me to do, uh, my Elton John impression, so there you go. Got emailed that request. Told you guys to do that l- last week, and, uh, that was, a uh, that was the first one I got, was to do Elton John, so, <laughs> there you go. Kicking off the episode, starting with some smooth Elton John <laughs> to start the show. Man, I love me some Elton John. I, I debated between that and, uh... Can You Feel the Love Tonight?
1: Love that song from uh, The Lion King. Are you kidding
0: me? One of, one of the best soundtracks of all time, in my opinion. Hakuna Matata? <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. Are you kidding me? Anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to start doing that. Taking uh, your request, do some impressions. I'll, I'll try to incorporate them in the show sometime. So, uh, yeah, let me know which ones you want me to to try to do. I figured I'd just start off with one in the intro, and uh, we'll work our way up from there, and then hopefully we'll start... Maybe they'll start calling in on the podcast. Who knows? I don't know. Hope you guys had a good week. I had a really cool week. had some really cool things happen to me that uh, I want to get into here in a second. But uh, I wanted to... uh, implore you guys to keep doing the kindness challenge, guys. Uh, and I'd like to read one that I received that was pretty cool. Really, really nice of this guy. Uh, and I don't know what he sounds like or what he looks like. So what I'm going to start doing whenever I read emails from you guys is I'm going to use my imagination. I'm going to wonder what you might sound like and uh, I'm just going to uh, to read the letter in a, in a different voice or a different character. So here we go. Dear Jeremiah, I always try and put out good energy into the world, like you said, but I did something that made me feel like I really succeeded at your challenge. A friend of a really good friend of mine recently passed away. She'd been sick for a long time, and one of her last wishes was to see the beach one last time. Unfortunately, she was too sick to make the three hour drive to the beach. I live right near the beach, so I went out and collected some sand, shells and ocean water. I put my arts and craft skills to good use and made a little diorama of a beach. I overnighted it with a bottle of ocean water and a card to my friend. She gave it to her friend on Thursday and she passed on that Saturday. I'm told that it put a smile on her face. And being able to do that for a stranger in her final days is something that I will value for the rest of my life. Aside from that, I've been loving the podcast. Todd Glass is one of my favorite comics. And his old comedy Central Half Hour from the early 2000s inspired me as a kid to get on stage. So it was really cool to hear him talk about that in his personal life. Lastly, I would love to hear your Elton John impression. And I love the hardcore Pat and Jeremiah character, so... I'd be super psyched if the whole Kill Tony band became hardcore for an episode. Sincerely, Ben, P.S., I saw that dude that tried to fight you on mushrooms recently. He obviously is very successful and doing well in life. Thank you, Benjamin Creed, for uh, writing in that letter to Jeremiah Wonders. I really appreciate that, man. And uh, man, what a cool story that uh, I'm very happy that I was able to share with this audience. And uh, hey, man, did that Elton John impression for you. So, so, hope you enjoyed it my friend. Yes, I love hearing that kind of stuff. Uh and I want to and I want to actually share with you somebody who did something really kind for me this week. Uh that was pretty monumental to uh to me and uh really is going to affect, you know, the future of this podcast. So, I want to share this really cool thing about this guy who hit me up uh for you know, uh, through, uh, through Instagram for a possible sponsorship. Um, I announced on the podcast last week that at Bronx born pizza was one of the new sponsors for this show. And I said that I would give details on how this sponsor is helping out the show and what they're doing, because it's something that's pretty unique. So I met with this guy named Thomas Schiffer, uh, That we met up at. Um, He owns a couple different pizza places. We met up over at uh, Grey Block Pizza uh, a couple times, and basically we got to talking. And he uh, he likes what I'm doing, and basically is is a good dude who believes in me, believes in this podcast. And he asked me, Jeremiah, why aren't you doing video for this podcast? And I said, Well, honestly, you know, it's a lot of extra work. Uh, It already takes me a long time to put. The podcast out as it is. It's a like a, a very heavy editing process to uh, to get this thing out there. But outside of that, my laptop is too old. It's too slow. It can't handle video editing anymore. Like I, I've been a video editor for years, uh, but I, I just can't handle HD footage anymore. It's too slow. And he's like, "Huh? So you need a laptop?" Huh? He's like, "Well, well, what else do you need?" And um, I was like, well, you know, like uh I would need like lights and stuff as well, like if I were to shoot this show properly. And so we got to talking and I'll try to to not make this story too long or anything, but uh he's like, "Well, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I I don't want to uh just give you money for uh like a regular sponsorship. I I want to do something more than that and I want to help you out, and I want to get you the stuff that you need to get you to a place where you can start doing video for this podcast. You're a physical comedian. You're very visual with your humor, especially with the voices and characters. Everybody wants to see that. They'd love to see the video of that for your podcast. So Thomas Schiffer uh, from Bronx Born Pizza, he hooked it up, guys, like in a huge way. Uh, the reason why this podcast, like this episode that you're listening to, I literally edited this podcast that you're listening to on the new laptop that he bought for me in the show. And he bought some other equipment for me that um, I'm hoping that within the next 30 days uh, I can launch like video with the guest. I'm working on that, getting all the equipment together and, and learning how to use some of the, the new hardware and different equipment. Uh, but he just basically just did this huge act of kindness and it came out of nowhere and it was kind of reality shock. Like I, I thought at first, honestly, like I, I didn't know what his intentions were for me uh, and and whenever we were meeting and everything and it turns out he's just a very nice, gracious guy that uh, that you don't run into in Los Angeles very much and, and I was kind of looking at him like, kind of like, why are you doing this, you know? Like like I had that look on my face, I'm sure, like, like, is this a scam? <laughs> like what like am I in a hidden camera show? Whatever. Because he was offering to, you know, get me things that I've been needing for years to like update and and properly so I can get to a place where I can edit in a quicker amount of time and, and all that. And he said, you know what? I was an apprentice at at uh uh this uh pizza shop uh, uh a while back, whenever I was younger Um, and, uh, the guy saw that, um, I had a talent for making pizza and he took me under his wing. I was his apprentice and he gave me a small sum of money and he said, go open your own pizza shop, but make sure you're not anywhere near me. And he goes, I, he goes, I want to be that guy for you. It can't be somebody who you really know that well or family. They don't really get it. It's gotta be somebody who just has your best interest that is, basically wanting to help you out from the that's on the outside uh, to help you out and uh, he's like I, I want to be that guy he's I think you're uh, you know he said I think you're you're a great comedian and and uh, I think you deserve it you work so hard and it was just one of those things where it was it's huge guys like I, I you know I I, I can't say uh, how shocked I am and, and how grateful I am uh, to get new equipment and uh, to be doing it for with something that I love to do, and I'm I can't wait until this show is on video and available on YouTube, and I'm I'll be working at that. And I just want to thank Thomas Schiffer from the bottom of my heart. And uh, I told my mom, I called my mom, and she was like crying <laughs> because it, 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 like whenever a stranger does something like that for you, like it, it's it's one of those moments where you're like, wow, there is still so much good in the world, and there's so much capability to do cool things for other people, no matter how big or small, like even little things, uh, can change somebody's day or their life in the long run. So thanks again to Thomas Schiffer hit up at Bronxborn pizza on Instagram, please show them some love. And, uh, you know, uh, this show is happening right now because, uh, you know, hooked it up with, uh, the laptop and, uh, equipment and video will be coming soon guys. So that's the huge announcement that I wanted to say video will be coming soon. I want to give a shout out to uh, the other people who sponsor this show, Speedweed, my buddy Gino over Speedweed, Marijuana Delivery, Sticky Icky, Green Green, Blue Blue, Yum Yum, all that that stuff, that marijuana delivery service, Uh, hit up at Joe's Pizza LA on Instagram um, or go in uh, to the West Hollywood uh, location on Sunset, talk to Joe, uh, talk to... uh, uh, Giuseppe, talk to Manuel. I'm learning all the guys' names and getting to know them, becoming friends with them. So uh, they're all great staff there. Check that out. And of course, at Bronx Born Pizza, that is in Bend, Oregon. Uh, so if you live in that area, definitely support that company. And uh, a new thing that I wanted to do also, uh, guys, is uh, there's uh, music that I, that I play at the beginning of the show. There's opportunity to Play different music from different artists. So if you're a musician and you want your song in this intro of this podcast, email your boy, Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com. That's Y O U R boy, Jeremiah Watkins at gmail.com. And uh, just give me permission to use it in the email and attach it as an MP3, and I'll use it in upcoming episodes, guys. I want to start using your guys' stuff as well and make this uh, a fun collaborative podcast. What do you say? Huh? Can't wait. Uh, this intro is running long for sure, but I had to share that awesome story with you and that big announcement. Tate Fletcher, man, what a cool guy. Uh, different kind of a guest. He's not a comedian. He's a stunt man. And I know that you've seen him in a lot of TV or movies and you probably just don't know his name, but man, he is such a cool person and he did me such a huge solid. We had a pretty huge setback, uh, whenever we recorded the first episode, there was like a power surge at the comedy store where we originally recorded, We lost the entire episode, and we had already sat down for like an hour and a half and and recorded a great podcast. And I had to call him later in the day and be like, bro, got some bad news. And he couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been cooler. We rescheduled it, and he did another recording. So this is that one that you're hearing is actually the second episode. So uh, there's not a pizza party segment in it because uh, we literally got the pizza and ate it the day before, and he ate all the cheese and sausage and didn't eat any of the bread. He knocked out like five slices of just just the cheese and sausage. (laughs) Pretty impressive. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. I want to plug a couple dates real quick, guys. April 5th through 7th in Phoenix. Going to be there with the the whole Kill Tony band and doing stand-up sets with Tony Hinchcliffe and Brian Redman and also doing some Reagan and Watkins music action. The 13th through the 15th of April, in Ventura, me and my boy Patty Reagan are recording the debut Reagan and Watkins album. Cannot wait to share that with you guys. Uh, Joel Berg will be playing some drums on some of those tracks. Uh, Chroma Chris will be playing bass on some of those tracks. And uh, some of the uh, the guys from uh, the Goddamn Comedy Jam will be helping out with the instrumentation on that as well. So it's uh, a fun, fun, fun group friend project. A lot of love is going into it, so it'll be great. April 19th through 21st, moon tower baby in austin texas can't wait to bring stand-up on the spot there we're going to be there with uh, the goddamn comedy jam as well and uh we're going to be doing big j's crowd work show a lot of amazing shows and i'll be doing my own personal stand-up and uh the wave is a headlining show at broke la comedy festival on sunday april 22nd and then 27th through 28th i'm with uh, the golden pony at wise guys in salt lake city in utah yeah, baby, the Golden Goose, Golden Pony together once again. See, quick and painless. Got through those dates. Thank you guys so much. I'm sorry this intro is a little bit longer than usual. This uh, this whole episode is a little bit longer, but it's good. It's different, and uh, also I think that's about it. Keep up with those great reviews on iTunes and everything, and uh, share it with a friend. And, guys, I, I hope uh, this kindness challenge thing is uh, is putting some good positive energy into your lives. I really like the stories that you're sending me, so keep emailing me those at your boy, Jeremiah at gmail.com. without further ado, please welcome to the show, Tate Fletcher. Rigid for her
1: pleasure. Ribbed. Yeah, that's ribbed. Yeah. Rigid <laughs> for, <laughs> for her pleasure.
0: So Tate is holding my electric lighter right now when you give a
2: pause between tate is holding my <laughs> and the electric li- the space in between
0: there just lets the minds wander and yes it does tate is holding my it's an electrical lighter it's folks. an electrical lighter and uh it's meant to light candles and the first thing he's he he, you hear that yeah you can hear it sizzle can... a little oh you definitely can yeah Okay. Oh, yeah. Good. all right good yeah so so what uh, we have here is a
2: little uh plastic handle with two steel stanchions that kind of come up and then when you press the button there's an electrical current that arcs between the two stanchions which is about the size of one's thumbnail maybe
0: and yeah it's basically the the idea behind like a a taser that like a cop has so when i walked in and i saw this thing i was like man what the heck is this How's
2: it even work and i pushed the prongs out and then he says press the button underneath so I, i wow electrical lighter awesome Next question, of course. Being a stunt man, <laughs> is he goes? how's that feel? How does that feel? You? I'm
0: like, what are you talking about? How does that feel?
2: And it's clearly been used for a while, and I'm, and and no human uh, interaction yet. So I was like, well, we got to see how it feels. He's like, wait, am I doing it or are you doing it? <laughs> yeah.
0: And he's like, I'll do it. And I was like, well, not let's one to push start recording somebody.
2: <laughs> where do you think it goes? On my hand first? Is
0: that uh, yeah, right? I, like yeah I, first. I think on the hand. Okay.
2: Oh, it's really protected. Wait, is it is is it? So you can't get in there. You'll have to go in the web. Ooh. <laughs> Are you really awful. gonna do that? <laughs> so I'm touching it on my skin. You can feel the little ticks of electricity kind of. Yeah. But there's these two things that I don't know if I don't know if that's good or
0: not. What do you think? Dude, I don't know about putting it in the web of your thumb. Are you gonna do this? Do th-
2: oh, what do you think?
0: I don't know. <laughs> it seems sketchy, doesn't it? Oh, man.
2: Whoa, it bites you a little. Yeah?
0: Yeah. He just did it. He's doing it on the webbing of his thumb and his index finger. Oh, here it goes. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, it'll wake you up. Uh. Well. That lit you, that lit you up a little bit. Smells a little too. Well, skin usually that's burns. burning. yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's flesh. Your burning. apartment's
2: not gonna smell great. You're like we gotta protect this for your wife. Okay,
0: okay. okay. We'll put that away. Thank we'll you very away. much. For the... Well, that that's a first on this podcast.
2: Well, that was good. It's inter- I feel we gotta test this stuff out. I think everything we're doing in life is like a beta test right now.
0: Yeah. Like if
2: you Google cell phone skin maladaptations in like thirty years from now. We're going to see a horror story of lesions and brain tumors and all types of shit just from regular cell phones that we have around us all the time. We're just buzzing with all this stuff all the time. So figure what the hell we might as well just jump in balls deep, right? Yeah. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. I'm not going to do that on my eyelid though. That was a thought that just crossed my mind, but I'm not going to, you're thinking about doing it to well, your just eyelid. Like, I feel like if you pulled it out, <laughs> it's sensitive skin. Yeah. I don't it's, know why I'm going super to the most sensitive, sensitive skin. skin. I'm not doing that on my balls. No matter what you say you thought about it though but we'll have bobby lee over and i heard that that man if dared will do anything <sighs> hey guys hey oh there it is mm. that's that good butter butter
0: mm. you put a lot of butter in your uh, in your coffee don't you oh i will i'll butter it up I, I like to go goat but i'll go with those sad listless animals called cows too i don't care so you introduced me to <clears throat> your your coffee the other day caveman coffee Yeah, caveman coffee did you keep the cup i did there didn't you no i I kept it okay yeah of course do you know how excited my wife was how excited she's a huge coffee drinker she loves it and she tried it and she's like this is amazing really yeah she was super excited and she
2: i'll come by and show her how to do it anytime yeah whatever you want i left the concentrate we got a bottle of concentrate in the fridge right now that she can try so you saw how i mixed it with like uh sparkling water that's
0: what you're doing. So okay. I poured in
2: the water to about here, and then I just poured in a, a bit of concentrate over the top, Yeah. and then I have a sparkly, delightful beverage. You not being a coffee drinker, probably the taste wouldn't be something that you would be into, but for a coffee drinker, it's a super nice, refreshing deal. And the cold brew aspect of it, a lot of the bitterness that's associated with regular coffee goes away when it's cold brewed. When The, the heat will bring out some of the acids and some of that bitter aspects of it, whereas cold brewing, all that stuff stays home. And you just have delicious smoothness. But if you're not a coffee drinker, it'd be like arguing like the different tones of beer or something. If you don't like the taste of beer, like you're like right. Then Fucking, what, what, what are you about? Why am I? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. How long have you uh, have you had this uh, this,
2: uh, coffee this company? Cave K- Man Coffee. About four years ago, I guess we opened up something like that, and uh, we just opened it up as coffee lovers. Keith had met our, our current roasters, uh, who roast most of our stuff. These Colombian brothers that have been they hadn't been exiled from Columbia, but they'd fled. They'd had a lot of kidnapping attempts during the cartel time
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a Pablo Escobar time. actually. And so they fled to Florida and then they hooked up with their aunt. I believe it was that was a flight attendant in Florida. She fell in love with some dude in Albuquerque. And then at like 12, 13 years old, they ended up in Albuquerque. And they grew there and they work in city government. They worked in a lot of different jobs and then they went back to their roots of roasting as their family started to produce coffee again um, on the plantation that they'd grown up on. So all of our coffee started off single estate, single origin uh, beans that were hand picked and cold washed and just all the highest protocols that could come by to get the best coffee we could. And so then I don't know why we did it, but we just kind of had our foot in the water and we're like, fuck, let's, do this and I guess I'd had a, a, a sharing thing like on Twitter I would share bags of coffee back and forth with Jody Middick in Canada or my friend Kyle in Australia or dude in Ohio that I'd never met before just guys that I'd known and I started talking about single origin coffee and the benefits therein and then they started to um Send me bags of their favorite, and so as we met like these a nice roasters swap back
0: and forth, exactly um, virtual it like, swap it was, it,
2: It's like it's like Oprah's book club, but for for coffee nerds. And so I right, kind you of got to taste this one. Yeah, it was yeah. like that exactly. And so
0: then uh, now, would you consider yourself? I was like, we got to put these up there. Since you like know so much about coffee now, do you run into people who are like coffee snobs? Well, they're all, they're everywhere, right? <laughs> I mean, you give anybody the opportunity to be a snob.
2: And people feel disenfranchised. And so if you were formerly feeling a little disenfranchised about your position in life, whatever that is, and then all of a sudden you're the guy behind the counter and you get to be a snob. I mean, people will be cunty with the little you give somebody <laughs> a name tag, motherfuckers get funny. Yeah. They just do. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the bottom line is like we just went to this national uh natural foods expo called Expo West, and Expo West was rad and it's all the like you get all the different buyers and all the different purveyors and anybody with a new like i mean there's 400 granola things or almonds or like whatever the new food is that walmart kroger all these guys are trying to pick up whole foods there's all buyers from everywhere from anywhere you can think of and it's all different products i mean from coconut oil to uh, frosty pops like like to smashed. Like, it's all like smash marshmallows and Rice Krispie Treats. That was a great one. Smash Mallow, I think they were called. Anyway, there's all these different products. And so there's like maybe 15,000 vendors. Like, there's everybody is there from Meyer Soaps to, uh, you know, Bulletproof Coffee made an appearance there. They were super cunty and everybody was mad at them instantly. But I, I would, I'm just glad that like anybody that's out there that's pushing that health kind of agenda is in the space, man. Like, where wherever that is, it's like that's a good narrative for America to take on and go I'd like to think about what I'm putting into myself so that I don't end up strung out on pharmaceuticals when I'm 90 years old or whatever the thing is yeah. Like, um, and so it's cool to be in that space and that's one of the coolest things about having a coffee company to begin with however that brings me back full circle to name tags and being cunty motherfuckers if you got, if you, if your job is security you're a host you're the smile that they see when they walk in the door and the smile that they see when they leave and if somebody acts crazy in between, that's you. That's on you. But you're smiling. Most of the job is smiling. Don't lose that part of the job. You know, and, and this whole idea of like the other, of seeing people as the other. Like I worked security for a long fucking time. And as soon as when I had to quit security jobs was when I started going, These people are shitbags. Because you see the general populace, a lot of shit bags in the world, Jeremiah. And, and you really try to fight to have this positive outlook for people but it doesn't It's we're not all on the same page yeah. and uh, and so when I started going my biology is mutating for how I view people I had to change occupations it Was and so then I became a full time professional
0: fighter I think we're getting a, a phone call in right now um, <laughs> I think it's a uh, yeah it looks like it's, a, it's one of those coffee snobs that you don't like
2: super duper um Uh, Hello. Hey, how are you?
1: Hi.
0: Is this uh, one of the owners of Caveman Coffee? Certainly is.
1: Now, that that name just doesn't go down quite smooth for me.
2: Hmm. The name doesn't go down smooth for me. There's a lot of dick jokes that are right on the other side of my consciousness right now.
1: Well, uh if you are a barbaric man, which it sounds like you could be, then it's go true. ahead and make them.
2: It is true. I would like to say this that is in this world of uh barbarism which is I mean, we're fraught with it as humans. And I would say it's the it's the least tasteful for a for a civilized barista like yourself, I would think.
1: Oh yes, uh, I work at uh, the Coffee Bean on oh, Sunset. And really? Preston, so I really know my stuff. It's really stuff. interesting.
2: That's good. That's good stuff, right there. Now, That's...
1: do you? Does your company even have a Komodo dragon blend?
2: We're not even in Coffee Bean. Yeah, and tea leaf.
1: Wow. Yeah, we have tea leaves as well. We're also in the tea company, so... Mm. 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 It seems like you might need to expand your base a little bit. I don't
2: want to assume your gender. Okay. But a little help.
1: Well, uh I am a male.
2: Okay. Okay. Yes. A straight male or a... am
1: 19 years old.
2: Okay, so you're ambiguous.
1: And I really well, I I'm not I haven't really decided what I want Good for be you, yet. man. Yes. You know,
2: flesh it out. There's a lot of stuff out there to look at.
1: So, I you know, as a coffee uh, sommelier as right. myself, I feel like I really know everything there is to know. Yeah
2: you know the interesting thing about knowing everything there is to know yes it seems powerful right like
1: oh i feel great all the time yeah
2: what's interesting about it though is it when you consider that maybe you you if you didn't know but when you do know everything you know like how, I mu- do. how much left is there to learn
1: you know what sometimes i get Bored because I'm just like, oh, what a drag. My brain is already full of all this information.
2: It's weird. You probably feel disrespected because you make like twelve bucks an hour and you're like
1: <gasps> Exactly. These
2: fucking mutts out here driving their Bentleys through here, they don't they don't know. <laughs>
1: they don't even realize what I'm capable of.
2: Right. That's hard. That's a hard space to be in. Now the other thing is, is that you probably argue a lot because if you know a lot, there's a lot of ground no, you would, have to. I wouldn't say that. No. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <sighs> oh, we lost the good I call. I good call. Probably, probably break over.
0: Probably. I don't know. I maybe. You know. I guess he felt like or he or she. I don't know what. Or she. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, they felt that they knew more than you, and you own a coffee company, and they just they just they work part time there. It sounds they may. like they may. It's a hard
2: thing when you know everything, you got a lot of ground you got to defend. <laughs> when, when you open up and you got some questions, maybe the world will open a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. This is a strange time to be alive because I think that it would be very difficult to be a dating person in this world right now. I was reading a girl's Instagram page earlier and talking a lot about girl power, which I'm very into. I like that a lot. And and uh, I like... but. I looked, then I started reading about the arguments and the arguments are like, you know, speaking up for myself when, when, whenever I can. And the the ethos of the movement,
0: if you will. And, yeah. uh, it's a weird line right and now. And it's
2: weird. It's weird that somebody, I didn't, I didn't know anybody in America needed to be told that it was okay to speak up for yourself. It's kind of like if you're 23 and you got finger banged by a guy and then eight years later, you're like, that was my boss. And actually it wasn't cool. It's like, maybe you should have said something at the time. It would be a little more
0: potent. Right but but they feel in danger at the time is or that right? they feel, i think that's what the the main thing is, is i feel like they feel like they're going to lose their job or they're afraid of what how it's going to affect their current situation so they don't really want to come forward and i think that's the main so reason so when people say i would rather die than keep my mouth shut
2: they didn't really mean that that was hyperbole probably i got it yeah okay <laughs> okay <laughs> just being clear just yeah, being clear yeah yeah okay cool cool yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a trippy it's a trippy thing. There's a there's a there's a real um, uh, there's an attack on womanliness even in a way. Yeah. So is it hard? I mean, is it hard to date? Right For me, now? I like, don't date anybody. Yeah. No. I'm just out here trying to make millions, Jeremiah. Hey man, I, I, I freaking I, I respect, respect really, that. Dude. Here's the thing: is that I feel like it's so easy to get. I'm such a pussy that I want to take all the tensions out of my life. And just relax That's what I wanted when I was nine years old And And uh, and what that is is cancer Right that's a little bitch inside my heart That actually Isn't on my side right that's my Adversary in a lot of ways Yeah. And I think the thing That I have to do is create The tension Anyway it feels so great to be ensconced In the love of a woman That I find myself Trading out other things that are helpful to me, and that maybe fuel my life with that, and so that distraction. I don't know that I'm a strong enough person to be able to navigate all that deftly right now, and it doesn't seem like now is the time. But, um, but who knows, man? I mean, that that's kind of how I look at it right now, and I think you know, and I think also I don't know on the on, on the real as far as the dating for little kids and all that. It's like you know, you think about well, well, people need to ask, like if you talk to a pretty strict feminist she's like you just have to ask everything it's like well where does that leave any room for learning or for nuance of connection or for reading a person's vibe or like I don't know anybody that had their first kiss and was like is it okay if I kiss? like there's that just doesn't happen I mean you know you talk about sex stories it's like you that they're hilarious and everything because they're awkward and they're fumbling and they're everybody trying to find out it's just like we're 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 a mess and we wanna make these rules for sociological standards that maybe it's just cause it's too easy to get food now and everybody's retired and they don't have to do a whole lot. And so they're like, let's find some other shit to just really bitch about about how inadequate other people are treating me. Yeah. Instead of demanding your own treatment and rising to your own level. Have you ever dated somebody like that, like a feminist? No, man. I, I just I, I have hard times with the conversations. I wanna hear the conversation. I really do. Well. Like, I want to have them on my podcast. I want to be in a position where it's like, well, let's really talk about that, like where the disenfranchised is because it's different than black people. Like, that's not the same. And I'm not going to say that there's not a misogynistic tone that happens over all the different overtures in society. Even in my coffee company, my, my one of my partners, there's me and Keith Jardine and there's Lacey Mackey. Yeah. And Lacey's a motherfucker, man. She's a bad motherfucker in all the ways. Like, like beautiful and... Uh, attention to detail and uh, very high intelligence, always learning new things as the craft changes. And if she needs a website, she'll build it. Like whatever the fuck happens, she's a boss. And where I noticed that misogyny is here in that caveman coffee conversation with some people. And I'm like, well, you're really better suited. People want to entreat me to different, here's here's an avenue we could go down. Here, Let's do business like this. They want to talk to a dude. And I feel that and I'm like, I'm not as capable as Lacey is at right, this right, conversation. Right. She's man. literally
0: like, more qualified that, that, that's to not, discuss this that's with not you. That's not what's happening, man. Yeah. And
2: so, like, that exists everywhere. And 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 Lacey didn't scream for that or fight for that, except in herself, she made created a standard, I think, and she's like, this. I'm going to be independent and self-actualized. And that was the standard she created as a little girl, kind of, and... I don't know. It's just it's an interesting question, man. I I don't think there's wrong answers, but there's often a disbursement of responsibility that I think isn't helpful to growth.
0: Lucky for you, there. I don't know if you. Lucky for me, there's some feminists. There's uh, feminist Stacy is calling Aaron right now. I don't know if you've ever encountered her before. I think I did a podcast with her. She
2: dated door guy at the store
1: um hello <laughs>
2: stacy is that you
1: yeah it is feminist stacy hi red um, first question yeah 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 why isn't it called cave
2: woman coffee that is a great point point. and you know what it shows my privilege that i never even thought of that as a problem
1: yeah how come you could have put like you could have you could have you could have put maybe some nurturing breasts on your logo
2: well, I think they tried that, and then they made him take the breasts away. Uh, that was Starbucks, I think.
1: Yeah, because it was an exposed breast, and she wasn't a pregnant mother that was breastfeeding. So they were objectifying oh. her in a bad limelight.
2: Lime, a, a, lime, a limelight, no less. Is it? Is it... Should men masturbate to the visage of women?
1: If they are masturbating to their mental capabilities then maybe but bodily functions and physical uh walks of the earth no absolutely not that is objectifying to women
2: huh what about pornography
1: Pornography is disgusting. It is despicable. Why don't you masturbate to a woman's voice or her brilliant thoughts? Huh? Well, actually,
2: the phone sex industry is huge. That do- That is a thing. Uh, sometimes I will masturbate to women's voices. Oh,
1: so, okay, uh, so you'll call up a line and a woman will read you a good book and you'll just start beating your meat vigorously, huh, Tate Fletcher?
2: Something, something. Something something, dis- like that? something dissimilar to that. Something dissimilar? Okay, fine. <laughs> ah, Stacy, who are you currently dating anybody? No, I am a woman, hear me roar. I N D E P E N D E N T. Do you know what that means? Feminism. I couldn't even I couldn't even hear the letters cuz I was just watching your lips move.
1: Okay, this is getting sexual date and I don't appreciate it one. No, No,
2: just the bi- biomechanics of your mouth are fascinating. Oh. I mean, really? you must have really trained them for that.
1: I, I have. I've been working really hard on that. Yeah, I can,
2: I can see your brain moving.
1: Tate, are you a single man?
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm many people. I'm not a single
1: man. Oh, I'm getting so worked up right now on, on your. The, well, your next party. caller. Um, <coughs> okay, we just lost yeah, them to
2: Stacy. Yeah. So,
0: sometimes, uh, you know. Yeah, some-
2: keep the wraps on. Sometimes. would like to see Stacy <laughs> in five years from now, see what kind of ideology she's working with then. Yeah. Not that any one is better than the other. I mean, I'm open to all uh, crazy ideologues. <laughs> Think you're, you stay stay strict in the dogma, you'll be okay. Right. That's that's a bumper <laughs> sticker. That is. You go a ahead and use sticker. that.
0: So you you said you got fed up with doing security, and that's whenever Ooh. you transitioned into.
2: That was part of it, but there's a, I mean, it was just a, I just would say yes. What kind of security? To the next thing, were you thing that doing? really turned me on. I used to do club security. I'd run a nightclub. Oh, so, in so the you're Southwest running this some freaking drunk, douche douchebags, man. But then also, I mean. Even just the idea that somebody needs security, it, there's inherent problems either with that person as a person, which is some kind, sometimes the case. That's a person that creates problems for themselves, and their family hires me to come in and be a wife, which sucked. That was the worst. But even under the best circumstances, like I worked for Rogan for years, and um, and that was rad. It's like you're going around with your friends and all that, but you're not creating your own life, you know. And and uh, I guess what I I, I, I I, I think about that. That's the thing that really kind of, you know, I run down to the ends of roads and I go, okay, how much more do you want to, you know? And, and it, it all becomes a question of like, when do you want to stop growing? And I feel like there was a, the, I, I got
0: stagnant in that relationship. What was your boiling point with like, whenever you were maybe doing like helping Joe out with security? It's an internal, or, it's an internal thing. One, uh I guess
2: one of the things that happened, I was, I had a couple fights after, but I, I felt like I was at the end of my, I was like, i was looking for something else i was like i was maybe i don't know a 30 late 30s mid late 30s late 30s probably and i was with joey with with eddie ari and joe and we went over to the standard after the store one night and there's somebody that came up hey and pictures and introducing and all that kind of thing and uh and i go whoa what do you do? And Eddie pulls out a CD, gives him a CD. He used to walk around with a pocket of CDs and be like, I'm a musician, man. Here's some of my shit. And the guy goes, oh, cool. And uh, and Joe's like, you know, and I'm a comic. And then, and he's the commentator for the UFC. Like, I, I go with him every day. Like, I that's where he makes a lot of money. But he's a comic. That's what he is. Yeah. He's a lot of other, th- and then, and Ari was like, I'm a comic. And it's like, to see multidimensional people and they go no this is what i am though like if you took all that is joe a podcaster no he's a comic
0: like yeah, he's the, he's
2: at, a fucking comic
0: at the end of the day strip everything else away comic. and then
2: it comes to me and they and i'm like i'm not a fighter anymore like what i i, I was like i was like so who are you becoming like what's this incantation going to be and and that was a a point to me. It's like there's different parts of growth in the soul I think that happen. And and I like I've been sober for a long time, and I have these different pushes. When it's like, um, I get pushes to go through like this kind of cleansing that I do, which interacts with my whole community. Where there's a self appraisal, and then there's a, an admission of like how have you co- when you come across these people's lives any brush past whomever have he, has it been left feeling good or bad or whatever and kind of like a, a uh you're going through your life with a microscope and you're looking at like where can I be better mm-hmm. where can I be a better actor in in this drama of life like where and where have I stepped on toes that I need to clean that up and and this self-appraisal that goes on with uh ensuing action that's going hey man I've wronged you where can I make this right I'd like and so it's a real self-leveling process that's not super great to do or comfortable so I resist it but then that "Eh, eh," in my chest that tightness comes and after a while you're just like I'm either gonna fucking drink or I'm gonna take care of this and it it becomes like that and so for me I come from that kind of a background of alcoholism and I go I need to stay in a right frame of mind otherwise I end up in places that I don't want to go and so what does that look like and that and that kind of became the same kind of thing except for my life and it was like you know my whole thing has been like that different roads have come to an end and it's like so who are you now and it's scary shit to ask somebody it's 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 really scary to to look into that and that's why you see so many fighters I think hang on and they take fights way further than they should because who would I be without this? You see football players stay too long. You see a lot of people with these uh, jobs that are like, dude, you shouldn't be doing that job anymore. And they keep doing that job. And then then it ends up not so great. You know, you get deleterious results. And so I just wanted to become, you know, more and more as I I become more, you know, you live in this awakening and as you, you know, we call it maturing or whatever, but there's these different awakenings, these uncoverings that happen in your own soul. If you're diligent with yourself and you stick with the frustration of your spot, instead of just spinning out whenever, whenever you're doubtful and you go, I'm going to hold the line, I'm going to stay strong and I'm going to stand my ground And I'm going to be open to whatever the universe is going to be becoming next. And then you take an idea of whatever that interest is and go into that. And so the next part of that for me became being developmental. And I developed a whole team to take over a gym of mine in Santa Fe and took people from different walks of life that were they had a good mentality, which a coaching mentality of like these people thrived when they saw other people do better which is kind of like the definition of
0: a coach. And that's who you want around you. And so those people are people who are are, are are bringing you up and they're raising their game while they're bringing you right, up. Right, right. So that became the
2: next thing that I wanted to do because I had this gym in Santa Fe and I wanted to work more in film than I was doing anything like that. I didn't want to... I didn't want to... I didn't want to coach jujitsu more than I wanted to be in movies. Yeah. I didn't want to coach a CrossFit class more than I wanted to be in a commercial or whatever. I wanted to, I wanted to be in the theatrics of that whole film world more. And so I was, but I had a responsibility and I knew I would feel like shit if the 200 people that went to my gym didn't have a place to go. And so it's like for a couple of years, I spent time building these people up and I'll transfer the sale of my gym to one of my coaches who uh, is one of my good friends back from the club days and um, we'll go from there. But, and, and, but it's like being a steward of the energies that I create becomes important. Like, it's like, did you do it justice or did you let it rot? Did you let it just kind of flake away or were you a steward of a thing and then you were able to keep it going even without you? and, and, uh, and, and be of service to all these people. Cause I feel like it would have been a disservice to dump it. And I wouldn't have liked to live with that. So things that I wouldn't have liked to live with, I don't act in those ways. I make other uh, adjustments so that I can be a person that I think is honorable, if that makes sense. So that, that kind of dictated when I'm having that space of like, well, who are you now? It's like, Well, you're the fucking curator of this movement and and make this solvent
0: so that it can go on without your help. Yeah, it can live on and then you can impact other people's lives by not just letting it go. You could have easily just sold that to somebody else. All of it. You know what I mean? It's all there. It's all just choices. Whenever I started being able to confidently tell people whenever they asked me. What do you do? And I was able to confidently start telling them, I'm a, I'm a stand-up How comedian. How many times
2: were you on stage before you could say that
0: and didn't feel like a fake-ass bitch? I had to, a lot of times. I had to, because, so, the main question I got, that that specific question was when I was working at Starbucks. Huh. So, people would be like, so what are you, what are you, tra- what do you Right. What are you doing out here? You're not in Hollywood thing. to work at this Starbucks. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't move from Kansas right to work at this Beverly Hills Starbucks. Yep. And it took like uh you know uh, the, for the probably at least the first year or two that I was doing stand up here, I was like, you know, I'm 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 doing stand up like like whatever and I I wouldn't like be super comfortable saying like just flat out like I'm a stand-up comedian because like you said, you feel fake because you're like I haven't uh like I want to be doing this but I'm not fully in yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. So whenever I got to the point where I was like I'm a stand-up comedian and you should come to my show because you will have a good time. That's
2: Dude, a that's great next feeling. level. That's, that's a great feeling. It's also brave as fuck. Yeah. Cause what if you're not
0: great that night? And then you've told all that you've promised a great show. They- and it's the people who will come back, they see you every day. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Which luckily I I would invite people to those shows and I would bring my A game whenever Starbucks customers would come out. I'm like, I have one shot on the like that's if dope. I mess this up, then I I they will never come to a show again. So I'm like, I gotta. It's got to be lights out, amazing. That's so cool, man. I mean, and do you think that by creating the consequence
2: of that, I mean, because that's the thing, right? I feel like where you do better in life is if you live a life that's consequential. And yeah. so, and so, if you create more risk for yourself, you're getting a better result out of yourself.
0: I, I, I mean, I'm always uh, my ideology and where, where, where I'm with comedy. It's big risk. Big reward, fucking always. huge, man. That's so always. cool. Because, it's so cool to
2: bite that off.
0: Yeah, I'm well because
2: it's easy to say. How many guys have you heard to be like, "Well, I do comedy sometimes," or or you know, and then you're like, "You're you're not about it at all."
0: No, you. The more you talk to them, you you start seeing holes in their stories or like. I can tell...
2: I ask guys, I go, so how many times do you go up? Well, I haven't been up... I'm like, you ain't a comic. And they're like, well, you're not either. I go, I know I'm not, but I know <laughs> what it takes. I know what it takes to be an athlete, yeah, yeah. and that's what a comic is. Yeah. A comic is an athlete, and if you're not training... every. This dude told me one time, he goes, you know all these motherfuckers out here saying they're fighters, take? I go, yeah. And he goes, he goes, and this is like transitioning, he goes, because I'm in transition too, folks. He goes, uh, he goes... A lot of people say they're actors too. It's the same thing. But like, what are you doing that's actory today? Yeah. What are you doing? that? Are, did you train today? Are, are you a fighter? Like, like, did you, did you go and work on a script? Are you auditioning? What yeah. are you doing actively every day? Cause the thing that you are is what you're doing. It's not what you're thinking about doing. It's not yeah. what you did yesterday. It's not what you would like to do someday. It's the thing you're involved in. Are you balls deep in it? Cause if you're not, how do you really expect success? You might get it but you can't really expect it because you haven't earned it. you mm-hmm. want to earn it? And it's like, I know what earning it looks like. And that's why when, when
0: comics that are like, huh, I'm like. I can find out in two to three questions how serious and, and how like often they do it. because they'll, What are your they, questions? A, they'll, they'll be like, I perform at the comedy store. Okay? That's what they'll say every once in a while. I go, oh, really? What show was it and who ran it? And then they'll tell me, and I go, okay, and I'll know exactly, right. I'll know exactly how long they've been doing it, or if they're just bringing friends to a show and right. they're getting put up on stage, because I'm like, you know, and this was even before I was a paid regular at the comedy store, I would, you know, it's a sense of pride. It's like somebody, of course, it's, man, it's, it's, it's like somebody being like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, I. uh I fought in the UFC before dude, the and first then you're time like, I, dude, what, what are you wh- talking when, about? When,
2: when mask who was one of the owners, he's the reason tap out was really him and scrape. And there's, I mean, there's a group of them, but like when he threw me my first t-shirt and is like, Hey dude, uh, you want to represent tap out today at the grapplers quest? I was like, so stoked. Of course. because It's like being a paid regular. It's like, it's a t-shirt man. But it's like, man, this is a dude that believes in me that has a real company. And it's like, you fucking walk a little bit taller, man. Yeah. It feels
0: good. You're literally, yeah. You're wearing this uh, this accomplishment yeah. on, on, on your shoulders. You're like, man, this is what I've been working for. It's towards. cool. So cool.
2: That's the dopest. I remember what it was like when, when the first time I was signed up for a tournament and they had tournament t shirts and it has a competitor on the back. And I mm-hmm. was like, fucking right, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just, I couldn't have been more proud.
0: I mean, the like every uh, Christmas they would give uh, at the, at the comedy store, they give the employees like gifts there. And that's such like a cool, like what kind of gifts, like one year they gave these mugs, uh, which I have on my uh, desk over there. It has the comedy stores uh, logo engraved on the front. And then they had a professional uh, glass uh, carver, like an etcher, etched your names just like, and the That's walls dude, outside, man. like so, he in cursive wrote Jeremiah Watkins it's on the mug. Cool, and just stuff like that. You're like, man, this is like it's just like little reminders. You got to give yourself little victories. Like you're yeah. like, this is so cool. Like, like all the work and the time. Like right. these little things yep. mean so much yep. more than they probably should. But it, it's it helps you mentally. Dude, it's a beautiful mental thing, and it's a distinction.
2: It's a class, a class distinction. It's a caste system. Mm-hmm. It's like to be a paid regular, you're not getting rich, but you're that, you know, it's like, it's like, you're that thing. You're fucking, you, you know, not everybody could say that,
0: you know, that's a limited group of folks. Like, yeah.
2: I don't know how many there are there, but there's not, it's not into the thousands. In, I don't think, you know, ju-
0: it's just over. Yeah. I think and it's,
2: that's, in, those are people that are dead and everything. When I say over the thousands, like don't get it twisted. If you don't know the comedy store scene, like, I, I mean, like there's 50 that are active or something. Or the 100. comedy store
0: has <laughs> been open for 45 years, I believe somewhere around there. And there's around a thousand paid yeah. regulars. Yeah, like and and that's in forty five years. Fucking gorgeous, it's man. crazy. That's beautiful. Yeah, it really, really is.
2: What do you think of guys that are f- comics, like like Josh God or something? That's like a he's a like a he's a comedic a TV, actor, a TV, yeah. TV comic, right? But yeah, calls himself a comedian. Now,
0: I always, yeah, I think I, that's not a comedian. I, I think it's a them, different thing. Right? I always call them comedic actors. That's comedic what I call actors. Them. Okay, that, just because. I feel like comedian, you have to be like on stages. but Josh Gad is a special thing because he did Broadway Book of Mormon and stuff. So it's like a weird, that's a, that's an interesting one. But for the most part, I was just like, oh yeah, Seinfeld. that dude's a funny, like Jonah Hill or somebody like that comedic actor, comedic actor. Seinfeld comedian, hundred percent all over. Oh yeah. Just I mean, there's happened nothing more, to, like, it'd be like more comedian. Yeah. Than, he
2: also had TV shows, but he's a fucking comic.
0: Oh yeah. hundred percent. Is he going to come back? What's happening? Two or three
2: years. I think you think it'll be that long. Goddamn, that's Donald Trump long. can say I'm going to finger bang a, a newborn baby, and he's still our president. And oh. it's going to take three years because the guy likes to jerk off in front of people. Is that what he did? What did he do that's wrong?
0: Do he, we know. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. He was, he was jerking off in, in front of uh, of women. He was whipping his dick out like in uh, hotel rooms or in green rooms that he would uh, have brought like his openers on the road. A green room is bold. Yeah. So it
2: strikes you where you have to jerk off
0: inside the green room. I think it. I think there was at least one green room. For, it's a strong but, libido but, on him. He's an older guy too. I'm impressed. Well, that. Well, <laughs> what I don't get is like, are you jerking like a limp penis? That's I mean, my thing. Like, how do you get worked up on nothing?
2: That's what I'm wondering. Like, that, so like, he's, I'm like, are you just that yanking? That skin? he's hard all the time. Like, what's going on?
0: Yeah. No, I think he'll. I think he's gonna come out with a special two or three. In two He's three, gonna have to have talk a new special a lot in two about three yeah, no, he, that'll be a big that'll be. But the I think that you have to talk it. about
2: it while it's relative, because or re- relevant, Because if it, too much time passes, he, like, could
0: al- he could also because you know he's dropped by all of, like the people who uh, you know have like represented him in the past. He was dropped by all those people, so he might put out his own special like on his website because that's originally right. what he got kind of like known for is putting out his own content his directly own YouTube where people page. could download stuff. So you never know. So do you, do you think, rightly so or not that he was dropped? They have to. They have to right now. Like the the way. Like I think the, what's hard about the the whole situation. If like we got to cut
2: you from the UFC, on, but you'll fight again next year. That's what I something. think is going
0: on because they can't re, they can't represent those kind of actions. You know, he admitted he was guilty. They can't endorse that kind of action you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so they have to get rid of it for a while and he said he's going to work on it and this is my problem with the whole thing he and Al Franken are a couple of the only people who have straight up admitted that they're at fault and that they did something wrong with uh, these allegations that are going on with this movement right now and they have been disciplined the hardest and they're the guys who actually admit, like, came forward and said hey I did something that was very wrong I need to work on it and that's the whole argument with like the Donald Trump stuff that's they're reprimanded. He's horribly. still in the office and he's, you know, had sex with porn stars and like all more and more
1: allegations his, his are out. His wife is
2: Eastern European or Russian. Like, it's like, we want to check passport. Like, it's like for all like, and not that I have any issue with any of that. Like, great. Like do all that. But like for a guy that's so adamant about, you know, fuck foreigners and, and fuck Donald Trump where's <laughs> his birth certificate and all that. It's like, you act awful funny for a dude that, that, and is literally married to, and all his yeah. supporters are a trip. I don't understand Donald Trump supporters. I mean, I understand like rich ones, I guess, but like poor people
0: like he ain't on your side. Y'all. Well, it's a shield. It's a veil over the eyes. I yeah. Mean, it's, it was, it's saying buzzwords that in my opinion, and I, and I, like, I, I can't really speak. Like, I'm not like a very political guy or anything like that at all. I wouldn't but, have guessed that. <laughs> come on tate come on electrocute yourself one more time man Dude, this is so much fun yeah, that's man. your skin burning yeah man you know i like that scent that's a good scent right there <laughs> it's like a potpourri <laughs> yeah okay uh but yeah i don't know it, it, it's I, so I feel like there's certain buzzwords that ha- that got him into the office him. that that and i think it surprised him uh i definitely i do it yeah i think he, he didn't was, expect I, that i think he was doing it as a publicity stunt and nobody then he's expected like, it oh. And then he's like oh thanks russia but then all the all the people who are supporting him and are on his team are like now let's do something well
2: now i think the real problem with that like the whole russia thing is like he's just defending like no i really did win it's kind of like that's what it sounds like all the time it's like are you not as the leader of the fucking free world the least bit interested in how we were infiltrated in that way that our whole that our whole dominion of democracy has been kind of overthrown and and you're not interested in like even if if i'm the president and i'm like oh shit it looks like i got in because russia fucked up a lot of the there was a big disruption even if that's not the whole reason i'm like well, let's look into that and let's tighten up our shit yeah. so that this doesn't occur anymore as opposed to being like, no, that's not real. It's like, that's not, that's, anyway. I'm interested in Al Franken when you say he admitted it because I feel like he admitted it in a way that it's like, that's the thing that a polite man does. He, he, I feel like he was taking the high road. He was and he got and, stripped from office. And saying, and saying that stuff and he stepped down from office because yeah. I think they asked him to, I'm sure. And yeah. he's like, we'll do this or whatever, but like, that's wrong. Like he said, he's, he's apologizing for two incidences. One is, is that Leanne Tweeden? Is that the woman that he was on Saturday Night Live with? At any rate, there was a woman who was an old, like Skinamax star, I think basically that was on SNL. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not right, but she was, she was a, she was a star of the S she was back in SNL. She was on SNL at some time. She had a leather, bodice or some kind of garment on over her breast And they take a comical picture of him behind her, I think with his hands as if they're grabbing the breast, but they're not. And it's a bunch of 20 somethings goofing around on SNL or something. it's like, well, it was that on and
0: well, that, that I think, uh, it was on an army base. He was doing shows, and mm. it was a soldier that was wearing a per vest, and so he was touching the per vest like while she was asleep as a gag, me. Oh, have I joke, heard this one. Well, the, the, I think that's that's the one I'm familiar okay. with. Okay, and basically, he's touching the per vest where her boobs are. The joke is it, he's not actually touching her boobs because she has protection. Right, but it's a uh, technically it's the intonation, it's the intonation and is like he's technically putting. His hands on her chest So it's like You can't And she's sleeping So it's like a creepy weird thing So
2: And isn't he the one too That a fan says Can I take a picture with you And he says sure And, and he puts his arm around her they take a picture And he goes Thanks And he, he gives her A couple of squeezes On the ribs or something And she's like Yeah and he squeezed me tw- And that was Another tip It's like Oh I don't It's know. like equating These types I, of actions Where we have to Disseminate it that much With an actual rape Like a Harvey Is fucking lunacy man yeah. And if you Conflate all of those What you lose is you lose any justice for rape because now all the guys that are kind of middle of the road already—it's hard enough to fucking. I mean, we got a white kid that rapes on film, on, on camera, and he does six months and he gets out. Mm-hmm. And just the whisper that a black guy might have raped a white girl, even if she recants later, dudes lose their lives. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's fucking completely lunacy up. what's happening, yeah. and 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 that will push more people into going—is it really? Re- and that's a horrible question. Nobody should have to utter. Was it really rape? No, that's, a, so, but yeah. that's what's happening right now. where you are changing the way language works because people like to complain a lot. And so even stuff that are non complaints that should be laughed out of countenance, they're given a voice. And I don't know that that's the best way. It feels like a sadness a little bit It feels like a loss
0: We're, Well yeah oh for sure The, the fact that like you, you're saying That anybody has to utter that sentence at all What right. well, was it
1: really right, It's like what right. are you talking about
0: right. well, where, What are we living in right now Where that's
2: going on I listened to Kirk Fox the other day a little bit And he's talking about like rape apologists They're calling me He's like who would ever who is, Who's <laughs> trying to apologize for nobody's, That doesn't exist That's not a thing that's happening
0: it's insane. Anyways, so to get on a little bit lighter note, it's, yeah, it's funny. That's probably like the 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 darkest I've ever gotten on this podcast talking about this. I stuff. go but, dark, but it's That's good right. though. I go dark. I, I, I mirror my guests. So wherever you want to go, I I'll freaking go deep. Go, dude. <laughs> I'll freaking go there, dude. I like your your enthusiasm. Yeah, man. So what was your first break, like, after you had been fighting, like, I guess, as far as, like, a film role that you were, like, pumped about? You are like, I'm going to be freaking... The first thing that I really got excited about was a, a commercial, and it was while I was
2: fighting, and I got to be in this commercial that was a, to- a Toyota commercial, and they said, hey, you want to go make $329 today, or whatever weird price SAG was paying for a day on a commercial at that time? I said, sure, and so I drove up to this, uh, it's not a med spa, but it's like a spa spa.
1: Okay.
0: So you go in and there's like, not like the Korean spa. No, no, no.
2: It's like outside. It's like, (laughs) so we're up in New Mexico and it's, uh, the name of the place will come to me, but they have like mud bass and they have iron and, and they have all sorts of different natural steam kind of tubs that are there. Okay. And so there's all these different minerals and elements that are there that this has these healing qualities this has so we're all in a mud tub and I come up out anyway that was my thing and and I just went for the day I'm playing around in this mud hot tub with a couple people and and it's like I come out of the mud and I'm like hey you're from my building in New York or something and it's like this how small the world is and these guys are touring all through America and they keep running into people they know in their Toyota and uh but then over the course it was right when I moved to LA and uh then over the course of the next couple of years, they maybe gave me twenty five or thirty thousand dollars, and I was like, "This is fucking amazing! Oh, like, yeah. how do you keep this party going?" And years later, it was years after I was done fighting, and then the the first when I was in Red Dawn, I thought, "I thought, man, maybe this is something that this is the next thing that I start to do," and that's what I really got interested in, and it turned me on in the way that when they say action, it's kind of like when when they say, "Are you ready? Are you ready? Fight!" and it was like. It's like it's yours to lose, and here's this energy that's up, and it's on you now. And like it's like you're saying, living with consequence. It's like th- there's tens of thousands of dollars at stake with every shot that you're doing here. You don't and want so, to
0: waste people's time or their talent or their energy around you, it. so you're like, let's go. All of it, all of it. And so that you know, yeah. And if somebody else fucks up, cool. Like I, yeah, I,
2: I I'm just right. here to do the reps as long as it's not me.
0: As long as it's not me, yeah. And so that's that kind of having that's kind of cool that you have that that adrenaline rush whenever you hear action. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Two,
2: it's like a, it, you can get into a flow state with that kind of a thing. And the real thing that I, I loved about it is that it was similar to fighting, and that like I wanted to the guys that had helped me, man. That's always been my thing in life. The guys that had helped me, I wanted to show them that it wasn't for nothing. And so like in fighting, I'd like maybe too much, but I put a lot of weight onto making somebody else proud or like like doing doing honor to the flag i was wearing kind of thing yeah and the same thing like the guys that hire me man i want them to think they've got the best guy for the job i want to really show them that this this was the right thing i I take a lot of pride in that and that 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 became like I was like this is just like that maybe this you know as your body you're not going to continue to be a, a fighter at any kind of high level and then at even at mid levels and then at low you're just gonna I mean eventually you're going to get old wither and die so on that road how can you mimic this kind of feeling where you're turned on about life to that degree and like I really found that in performance that's awesome, and a lot of my stuff is super physical that I do I mean I come in through acting through the stunt world, and so it's like I mean it's a it's super gratifying,
0: yeah, yeah I mean whenever I hear my name called, whether it's a host or another comic bring me up, it's that same genuine imagination where it's that fight or flight and it it's it's fight time whenever you go to the stage and I dude I've been I recently did a show with Tony where uh, we went to Red Lobster and I got sick and I literally was throwing up right before I went on stage. And he's looking at me before I go on and I'm, and I'm supposed to do like close to half an hour before him. And he goes, God. "Dude, are you okay? What's going on?" I'm like, "I'm sick. I'm I'm good though." He he goes, "Like you're you don't look good." I'm like I'm like as soon as I hit the stage I'll be fine. And yeah, because you become something different, right? And as soon as my name got called. I went up there and smile on the face. Adrenaline kicked in, and I had a great set. and And I talked to Tony after the show. He's like, "Dude, that was that was crazy. <laughs> like just that switch." But that's it's it's that fire
2: mentality. Those the, and the consequences
0: are super high now. Well, and he's relying on me to that's make true. sure that like the show is set up well for him. He's about to do an hour. I'm doing half the amount of time that he's doing. I got to make sure that that crowd. Is in a good place for him. Like, there's a reason why he brought me. I've never seen him do a full hour. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's what he always does on the road. Yeah.
2: Like, when you guys go down south to San Diego or something like that again, like, or something, I've got to see that
0: because, like, to see guys. Oh, it's so different than the 15. Yeah, it's so different. You know, I see him as
2: openers or I see him in 15 minute sections at the OR. And then, because for me, I look at it, you, you know, as guys build that, you build to an, like, or whatever. And so it's like, Right now I'm sitting here impressed. I'm like, you got a solid half hour? Like a good, confident half that's fucking enormous. Yeah. I mean, that's so cool.
0: Yeah. It's just reps over and over, just like doing shows at the comedy store now, and around town. And now do you everything like do that? Do you
2: always only do them? Do you go, Okay, this is my half hour I'm, I'm working right now and it's always in this order. Or do you have an optimal place that you want to get to with it? Or are there jokes or bits that you you can put
0: in and out of different places or what? My favorite thing to do for me personally, and everybody's super different with their approach, my favorite thing to do is having a very loose plan and feeding off the audience and it's like a choose your own adventure like if they're really digging this joke how about we go over here or if somebody says something or or there's some kind of energy that's different in the crowd i'm gonna go into this bit over here so i try to to tailor each set to the audience of that particular show on that particular night but sometimes i'll be running like whenever i went on tour with tony i i forced myself to to discipline myself to work on the same 30 on 10 shows in a row. And that that's hard for me because you, I always have more fun with spontaneity and variety right. and different, but I tried to run the same set, the exact same order 10 cities it's in a row. It's good practice. good it's great practice. Yeah, it's good discipline. It's not my favorite thing to do, but it's a good skill set to have whenever, like, if, you know, eventually I shoot a special down the road, I'm going to need to have that locked-in format. Dude, and I've seen
2: I've, I've seen it. That's what I, I've asked before. I asked Joe and Ari one time, I was like, do you ever feel like, you know, like it's contrived? Or Because the nature of it is. It's like an act that every utterance, like, and I, I'm, because I watch so much, and I go, when he's at his 8 o'clock show and his 10 o'clock show, where he's like, <sighs> that sigh is in the same place At the same time You know regard, like, oh, it's, really? it's all these utterances Every utterance Every breath literally Is set up With Joe? Yeah like, at, And everybody's at, different At that time I'd see that And I was like Holy fuck But then I'd see him If a crowd was drunk he starts to lose a crowd and then he's got jokes that he goes into and he'll tell the whole crowd he goes yeah that's a cucumber up the ass Arnold Schwarzenegger imitation joke and everybody thinks that stuff up your ass is funny so you guys were getting a little screwy brought you back in good glad to have you and then he'd go back into another but the corralling that happens is fascinating it's a lot of corralling
0: yeah it's the 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 keeping the attention and and making sure you're not losing people because it's so easy to do To, to hold for one person to go on stage and hold attention over somebody. Whenever you're headlining for an hour, that, that's what makes it an art versus somebody who is a pro versus somebody who is just filling the hour and doing right. time. And that's the the difference between some, seeing somebody like a Rogan or an Ari or a Joey Diaz to somebody who is not ready for that time yet. They'll fill the hour, but they're losing the audience a lot in that right. hour. It's a big it's difference. There's a, a lot difference. of
2: laugh track that happens in there.
0: Yeah. It's, a, it's cool to see,
2: man. I like it. I like it so much. And I like and like Joey's approach, how different his approach is.
0: Yeah. And every night, it's a fucking little different animal, you know? Dude, it's like uh, if you ever played like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat right. or whatever, you see the different stats and the different strengths in different yep. areas. You look at the lineups of the comedy store and you're like, oh, this guy has like the agility, but this guy has like the punch. He's right. got like the stronger... It's, right. Yeah, it's that
2: same thing. And are you... Are you want like what like well, you get to it's cool because you get to choose what you want to hear. Dude, that's gonna be super it's hilarious. It's gonna be super aggressive. I want something that's a little softer, like like I like the way Sebastian delivers is like a whole different hey, thing. I mean Yeah, right. And then you're you're arching into Is it
1: aren't you embarrassed? It's
2: so good, dude. It's so great. It's so good. Yeah. And then I love like Went
1: to Chipotle the other day.
2: <laughs> Eliza Schlesinger and how She's machine gun, Dude. and she and her characterizations, like she's like a female Rogan, I think, in the way that she fucking moves and she's fucking, like she's very physical and yeah, and uh, she's she's definitely like alpha. A whole female thing, you know? yeah, 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 it's yeah. a whole different deal, yeah, yeah, it's a trip. Anyways, I love it. I'm fascinated. Uh, let's get to some. Did of Did you know uh, when you were in Kansas that you wanted to be in? Uh, in the, is that is that your purpose? When you came out to get your Starbucks job? Oh, yeah. So yeah, how many times have you gone up in Kansas before
0: you got here? So I was doing improv back in Kansas City, uh-huh. uh, like in high school and college. It's like taking classes. Right. Um, but there wasn't many places where you could perform uh, if you were under 21. Like right. stand-up in Kansas City, you had to be 21 to even get into the club. So I was like, I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to start right. doing stand-up whenever I'm 21, and uh, I'll start taking improv classes out there. But I knew, like, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. I've got a little tap room coffee house in Santa Fe, New Mexico.
2: And there's not there's no places there really to get up. There's a couple, you know, uh open mics for like there was a poetry thing for this and that. But like just I've got a friend of mine who's all into it and he's setting up a microphone over there to to do that, um, to offer that because I think it's I mean, what a great training ground wherever you are. I mean, oh, to yeah. to start where you are is where you've got to start before you can move into like the big gyms which would be like moving here oh, i think and getting oh, states, like amazing
0: i mean i before i started going to the comedy store consistently i was hitting random coffee shops random little theaters random bars like yeah for i mean so many times before i was like oh i'm ready to actually start you know, even walking into this new dojo i mean you that's know? what thing
2: you look at joey diaz and he doesn't look like a a driven character so much. And I never met a guy more disciplined in like back in the day. And he'd be like, yeah, I'm going to ha and then I'm going to go over here and then I got to spout down in the South Bay. And then like he would spend $60 in gas driving around to four different venues to yeah. go up for five minutes a piece at these different places, man. It's like, that's what comedy is, you know, in in a lot of ways, like, and that's where you get, I think all those lifelong friendships, probably. I mean, yeah. that's why the, the, there's like different, um, you know,
0: classes, right? There's the, yeah, cl- well, I mean, the you, class you know, of
2: eighty two and the class of the early
0: two thousands. Who you the, train with yeah. and everything. I mean, you it's know everything. those people so well. Like who've been you've been on teams with and everything. Yeah. It's like those are lifelong friends. It like only you guys have that connection. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing. How
2: did the roast, roast battle
0: uh the the row come up? Oh, had the wave? Yeah, the wave. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an organic thing, man. Originally it was uh it was like it was literally like eight black guys in the corner that would, it was like a Def Jam parody. Whenever a joke would hit, they'd be like, Oh, and then eventually they would go up on stage and, and be like, Oh, like this is crazy. Like doing the robot and dancing. Right. And, uh, eventually there were a guy down one night and Jamar and a couple other guys asked me to fill in. It just clicked instantly. And we started the longer we started doing it. Like we're like, we, get, we need to like, this is su- super one dimensional right now. And that's whenever we start bringing in props and different stuff. And like, let's get like, let's get crazy with these act outs. It's and crazy
2: stuff. how good you guys are all like really thoughtful act outs though that come up in a goddamn, i even say seconds isn't right. It's like in milliseconds and you guys are all kind of acting in unison as if it's a trained thing. And that's the crazy thing about
0: working out with the same people well you start knowing their moves and stuff like that and, and 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 you start kind of developing a unique language like i have a unique language with jamar and willie like whenever we're like in it and we're 100% connected to the jokes and stuff we're getting things ready but it's like like literally like almost like caveman like characters where we're tapping on stuff and quickly saying words to get stuff ready because there's no up. time there's no time you, d- it's so it's such a quick I was quick wondering what thing. the interaction beforehand is. That's yeah. a f- I mean, it's I'd all, love to have
2: just a camera on you guys to show like all the intricacies of those setups as the, you go in and blast.
0: It's all eye contact, and it's also the a rule that we have. It has to be unanimous. We have to all think it's funny. We have to all think it's funny before it's, we go uh, up there. Just
2: fuck, too.
0: Yeah. Well, you got
2: to read The Rise of Superman. You remind me of this section in the book where there's all these... Uh, these guys in squirrel suits and they jump off the Sears tower in Chicago for a transformers movie Mm -hmm. and the train and, and it, this is just one part of the book, but they, the, that they go into it, they go, there's four guys that are flying through these buildings. But if I wait until Jeremiah's like, say his foot twitches, his left foot twitches every time he banks a 90, well, if I'm waiting to see his tell of that foot, I'm too late. I'll never catch the arc. Right. And so I have to go in unison. And it's like that idea of like when you watch a school of fish and they all move at the same direction, or birds, a flock of birds. There's no there's no leader that goes first. They all they're working as a single unit. Yeah. And that's what you're describing about what you guys have, and it's it's fucking fascinating. Man.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, let's get into uh, let this it. next segment. Fanning out. Fanning
1: out. Questions from fans. <laughs>
0: I reached out to the Instagram and Twitterverse and uh, asked the internet, if they could ask Tate Fletcher any question, what would it be? So uh, let's start with this one right I'm now. I'm going to say every
2: answer to the, all these questions right now is reps. You just got to put in a lot of reps and fall in love with the work. That's what. And now what's the question? Okay, perfect. That, <laughs> that will probably cover some of them, honestly.
0: Um, This is a a cool one, at FlexBad on Instagram. Of all your many pursuits and endeavors, which one brings the most satisfaction and joy to your life? Why?
2: It's the stuff that nobody ever, ever sees that does that for me. And that's when I'm able to be one-on-one helpful with somebody else that is suffering from alcoholism. sounds it's it's super it's super this is the realest answer though it's it's being able to be a service and watch people change their lives and and to be able to uh be a stand for that and have an answer of depth and weight which can transcend a seemingly hopeless area for a family's life or for a person's life and that that's probably the most fulfilling out of any of those endeavors and it's probably the thing that number one keeps the rails on my life say
0: that that's awesome yeah i (laughs) know that's i mean that's something that's really cool and i you know i have uh you know family with alcohol issues and and i'm sober Uh i actually have never drank Uh before and a big part of that is because I've seen what it can do sure. to people and how it's affected me and other for people. For you,
2: just doesn't look as far as knowing intimately the downside. You're like, this upside's not up enough. Like I don't right. know how to risk that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's super something cool. like that. Uh, at Rebecca Glaze Artist on Instagram, what's it like to be on the iconic last episode of Breaking Bad and be able to brag that you were killed by Walt?
2: Um, (laughs) I'm glad that you're bragging for me. I've never done that, but, uh, I think it's, it's, a it's gotta be a good honor, man. It's like, that's a thing that's, I mean, you talk about a thousand names being on the, on the comedy store wall, you know, or, or of, of that ilk, right. That, that are of that measure. And um, it's the same number. About probably I don't know how many SAG awards are out there, but I was able to go to the SAG awards, which is like I didn't deserve in any kind of like whatever. I was just a dude that was around some awesome people, is what it was. Um, and I I was on a I was getting towed in with the rest of them because I'm in the last five episodes of that, and then they all got SAG awards, and I got to be on stage with Brian Cranston and all them, and and receive that, and it was a uh, I mean you know that's a it's it's a crazy for me it's a thing that's so crazy because it's not something that like i i'd ever look to when i'm growing up in alpena michigan and i go oh here's a possible." that's an impossibility man and so it's like just even to go yeah man here's how small the world is and and uh i think the kind of like like maybe Me Too that comes up from that from people is fucking huge, man. I think it's a cool thing when you go, hey, man, this guy's not super talented. He's not whatever, whatever, but he just tried and he kept trying and then all of a sudden this thing happened and he positioned himself to be in that place for that thing and that's fucking kind of cool. Maybe I could do that too and I could change my place in life, you know? And so, it, yeah, it's, I mean, so, that's so to that's be definition it, it's like of inspiring. It's, it's huge, right? It's huge. I mean, that show in particular and, and, and Westworld – I mean, they're, uh, they were amazing To I mean, cause I think that Westworld is that kind of and you have, iconic, what, you have an iconic scene. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I was too. the, the, the title of that. Um, I was in a few of them, but I was mostly in as a dead person, I think, but in, in the one it was called the stray and I was the stray, I was the woodcutter that wandered off and found a glitch in his system. And tried to erase his consciousness cause he saw that this was going to be deleterious to humans, which is kind of, you know, foreshadowing of the rest of the show. Um, yeah, and you smash s- a rock over your yeah, head I killed myself over that, and over to kill yourself. I was so f- hopeful too, bro. I keep waiting. I'm going, listen, man, they're robots. Bring me back. Yeah. Put me in, absolutely. Coach. Put me in. Yeah. But they, they just wrapped up the second season of it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully it just keeps going and going and going.
0: You you told me that your uh, that the uh, like a a cast of your body is in a warehouse yeah. somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, That's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's like a mannequin Tate that's just yep. like living in a warehouse, sitting full dick, the whole deal. It's they
2: don't put clothes on them. I walk through this warehouse, bro. Did you look a- at your dick and you're like, okay, that's cool. Well, I, before I did, I go,
0: hey, dude, just be Can you- cool. <laughs> just be cool. Hey, 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 when we did the casting, man, it was a little cold in be here. Be cool, man. Be cool. <laughs> yeah
2: they're so talented and there's and the the, for that show they were all worked i mean this whole warehouse in the valley all these heads in various disassemblage yeah and full body man because everybody i mean everybody that's in the saloon all the hookers all like we're all these casts oh like it was crazy it was a trip that's insane
0: oh we're gonna call her right now all right hello uh caller who's this Hey, uh, I yeah, I
1: have a little bit of a complaint. Uh, I haven't finished the Breaking Bad series yet, and why did you not tell me a spoiler?
2: Is that That is the thing we're supposed to do now. We're supposed to hashtag spoiler alert. Yeah, on.
1: it was supposed to be a spoiler alert, and I was listening to the show, and I'm really frustrated right now. Is
2: that even five years after the fact? How many, is there a... At what Like, if I told you what happened when Fonzie was going to jump over the shark, and I told you how that ended, because that was a two-part... Or maybe three-part Happy Days.
1: I just started the Happy day season. How could you ruin that for me? I, I, I had that in my queue. Yeah.
2: You ever seen uh, this idea about the school, what's happening now? Okay. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry we didn't say spoiler alert, yeah, apparently. Spoiler
2: uh, a lot. Uh, oh. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yikes. Fonzie makes it. Oh man, that guy's gonna be upset. He's gonna be, upset He's gonna be really he upset that you just spoiled that. It's a good show, though. Um, I got a. You uh, know, I was just at
2: Ron Howard's birthday party last weekend. Were you really? Yep. Ron and Bryce Howard had a birthday party together, and that's where I met George Lucas. Was uh, there's like a hundred people in this place. I got invited because Lacey trains Bryce. And she's like, "You and Tate should come down to my thing." And so we went down, and it was just phenomenal.
0: You—that's so cool, man.
2: It's phenomenal, man. What was? I mean, what's it like? I mean, being... I'm looking at Richie Cunningham, Opie, all like, and then everything that he's. I mean, it's just—it's an amazing thing. And the biggest thing about it all, like when I get in awe about that, like I just met this dude, and he you know how people get weird around famous people kind of like it's yeah. a thing that ha- it's, it happens to everybody. I love, I love like I think as Neil Brennan does a joke about it. He's like, everybody gets nervous around famous people. People that say that they're cool with it. They're also nervous. around. He's like, it's, it's like you're playing an imitation of somebody that's being cool is what you're doing when you're around famous people. He says, it's like when you pull up next to a cop, and you pull up, you're, you're acting as if you're a normal driver. Like, look at that officer, 10 and two just happened to be there. How are you doing? Like you're pretending it's normal, but there's nothing normal about the situation. And, and that's kind of a, a, a thing in, in a way, but the other thing is, is it's not real for anybody else. Everybody's just normal people. Literally everybody is, unless their egos are all fucked up. But yeah. like, those people, just normal, solid fucking people that are doing what they love and expressing their art, and it took them to a certain place after they'd done it for a long enough period of time. And, you know, I'm in a room like that, I'm watching George Lucas wipe fucking cake off his mouth, and I'm like, this is just some normal shit, yeah. man. This is normal. And that's what the world wants from you, just normal, authentic shit. Just go, and just go be you. You know that's the right answer always. What what's my purpose? Doing the thing you love the most. That's
0: that's the right answer. I know his uh, his son, uh, okay, Jet, and he's like super nice guy and super grounded for especially the re- having
2: really deep redheaded guy, right? Uh, or is that the different? Because I met one of them there, but he he looked like Ron Howard as a kid almost. Like he's like real ginger.
0: Oh no, uh, yeah, I don't. Uh- no, I it's um I think there's two boys he has. Oh, it's uh it's um did I say uh oh, it's George Lucas's son. I oh, okay. I didn't mean to say okay. uh, Ron okay. Howard's yeah, yeah, son. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um but he's super grounded and super nice and yeah. and like never like even like really talks about it. He's just like a chill like yeah. dude who's just like he's a good yeah, he's yeah. a good guy. But um uh it's uh it's interesting how people will Perception-wise, change like how they shift their body and like, watch and, like when somebody ha- walks in a room. Oh, if it's... you know
2: Adam Sandler's about to walk in the room, watch how motherfuckers start to change as soon as he walks in the room. <laughs>
0: oh, I think we're getting a, a, a
2: oh, call shit, right now, baby. Hello.
1: Hey, is this uh, is that Dave Fletcher uh, there?
2: Mr. Sandler, how are you?
1: Hey, I heard you were talking about me, so uh, I wanted to call in a little program.
2: I'm really we're both really glad you did. I mean, Jeremiah is ecstatic and I I can't believe it, really. I am so excited. I can't How believe crazy. Sandler
0: is calling in right now.
2: What's crazy about you Mr. Sandler is the fact that like we were just talking earlier about comics or comedic actors and like Yeah, okay. I mean, you you've written the definition for both.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh what is your favorite uh movie? Of mine that uh, you've seen. You
2: paint. know what I really love most is is the songs that you used to do. I, I bought all the cassette tapes.
1: You really like that? I
2: loved them. You loved like them. it? You know, you're the reason why I like one. There's a, there's a guy at the comedy store right now that he loves his guitar as much as it looks like you loved that guitar that you used to play. And he, he sings a lot of great songs, too.
1: Is his name Pat Reagan?
2: That's it. How do you know him? Is I, that your kid?
1: He's a he's a young up and comer. I love that boy. I love him so much. He's a, he's he's a he's a, he's skyrocketing to fame very soon. I'm sure.
2: Fantastic. I hope so. I don't see. I mean, there's nothing holding him back.
1: I know. I've got to go shoot another grown ups movie. I'll talk to I you soon. I don't feel like
2: that's the right move, but you do. You
1: okay? You know, I, I I've got to help out some friends. Got it. Got it. He's a nice guy. He's, just he's trying the to best get,
2: with his friends
0: too. He's
1: the coolest.
0: Who is the That's why I respect guy? so much uh, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider keeps giving Rob Schneider work. Oh yeah, man! It's, a it's phenomenal. It's the, it's the coolest. I mean, if ever I got, I mean, that's like a goal. I dude, I had this, I actually had a dream with Sandler in it last night because I watched this video. He's coming through the store this weekend. I can feel it, bro. He probably will. Well, he's been going, he he's been going around town. He's been going around. Ah, I should have asked around. him. Oh, uh, I had this dream uh with Sandler because he uh I watched a video. Is yesterday. it because I was in the longest
2: yard with him and that's oh, what you were
0: that's probably. what yeah probably. He's been in and my then, in the yeah, back of and my then, ether and then, little, and then he called in and, and then that. Yeah. And then the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. Was that cool? Being in the Syncr- longest yard? You syn- syn- said you were in that syn- with Joey Diaz. Synchronicity. And Tracy that's where I met Joey Diaz.
2: Yeah. Joey Diaz, Terry Crews, that's where I met those guys.
0: And that's like before Terry Crews is even the Terry Crews he is dude, now.
2: I would watch him though. You look at his facial expressions, the way he uses so his body, funny. Dude, his physicality I mean, is
0: amazing.
2: He's a tremendous dude. Yeah. I heard him, I think he was getting interviewed by Tim Ferris, I guess, telling his story and he's I mean he's pretty remarkable in a lot of ways. Really like what he's like over he's from Flint, Michigan, which is not the best place to be. Yeah. living it's better to be from there i suppose i don't know but fucking a crazy crazy background and the way you know it's like the thing when 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 two people are both presented the same problem issue whatever it is and the different ways people take it and like where he just got the most positive shit out of it yeah it's amazing it's really really neat
0: teaches me how to behave so I had so many people ask this question that okay. I have to at least hint at it with you um, to acknowledge it. it. Uh, Let's do it. Uh, at Adam Capone Sculpture uh, Sculpture on uh, Twitter says, uh, "How many times have you been killed on film?"
2: Oh, that's a, a big one. Uh,
0: a lot of people are how wondering many times because have I uh, been killed uh, that's kind of what you're kind know. of famous for. I don't is know. like uh, murders. Is, is is yeah. You get killed by the usually the lead guy a lot. Right. Yeah. I've you're got, like one of the guys who are coming after them or. Fighting, a couple of Denzel's, or... uh a
2: couple Keanu,
0: right? Keanu and John Wick. Keanu grabbed me by my beard, dragged me
2: across the room and headshot, and then
0: that's such a great film. And then I, I love got to that kill myself.
2: So I mean, you know I got to kill a dinosaur in Jurassic World. That had to have been a good feeling. Didn't die there. I was saving the world. Are you kidding? There was the flying dinosaur. You see what they did you watch that movie? Yeah. Those are horrific animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And GMO. I'm just trying to do what's right for the world, dude. <laughs> Paleo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many times I've died in that. I saw, I saw one question that you had on Instagram yesterday, and somebody's like, how good does it feel looking back telling Dana White no to that yeah.
0: or something like that? Yeah, it and, was. And uh, I thought. Um, I, hey, Tate, looking back at how, how good does it feel when you think about the time you told Dana White no for a return to fight on TUF hashtag pirate life?
2: Yeah, man, I don't, um, feel anything but gratitude, man. Uh, when that happened, I was like, there's an outside, outside that room, there was a few of us that were sitting there and we knew that was going to happen. And I said, listen, man, um, and I'd been out, out of the house for a couple of weeks at that point, I'd lost a decision fight and, and there was a lot of stuff that was, I just was like, whatever, man. And I go, listen, man, this isn't my life. This is some of y'all, this is your life. And, um, and I'm I'm not I don't give a shit one way or another I'm not trying to win this show at this point I'm just like fucking let's go like I was done two weeks ago now they're coming back it was like after you've said you're done already and it's like I was like this is whatever and and uh, and two guys that wrote there go dude I really want to do this I want want to go I was like cool man then I'm gonna take myself out of it you sure yeah cool they asked me to come in the room first I go hey I take myself out of it I go whatever whatever and uh, and then those two guys are like. I get, they didn't want to either at the end of it. And I was like, well, that's a kind of a bummer in that way. But as far as like, you know, with Dana being on the show, being associated with the OC, years of fighting, all that kind of stuff, it's like, I'm glad that I got to live my life and express myself in those kinds of events when it counted. And I didn't ever expect to be at the Super Bowl of mixed martial arts, but then there I was. and uh, And I was 35 years old when I was in that house. And I was like... You know, the, the whole thing it was, it was just an amazing thing. And I was like, I was super grateful and I'm still super grateful. And I, I think that there's a lot of people that talk a lot of stuff about Dana White. And it's tough for me to say anything except good things about him just because, man, that's the people that are bitching that like, we need to get paid more. This is that like, that's true. And the life's changing and the whole thing is changing. But at that time too, and even right now, these are a bunch of guys that would be, some would be lawyers and teachers, but some are mostly stocking shelves at Walmart. And it's like, I'm working at a nightclub and like it gave, it gave a platform and it gave a, a, you know, it gave a pride to a bunch of us that hadn't had that before. And it gave us also lifelong friendships. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's all of that. I'm grateful for it is what it is. That's what
0: I, appreciate you as a you know as i've gotten to know you as a friend over the years is every time i see you you're a very positive guy and like you know on film and and if somebody doesn't know you 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 look very tough you know you're a, right. a big dude but right. every interaction i've always had with you is very positive i and i can tell you're very grateful and 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 gracious like towards others and that's like i like surrounding myself yeah. with people like that it's yeah. very nice you know So it it, it's cool to hear, you know, maybe somebody wanted a maybe a different response from you. Of course, but to hear that you're grateful for the opportunity and the experience, that's what I that's what I love hearing.
2: Yeah. And also it's like it's never a position of like, I've got mine now and fuck you. It's like it's like,
0: man, I'm just I'm so stoked to be able to be at the party. Happy to be at the party. Yeah. Uh so my buddy uh over at, at uh Luca Clothing Co. he uh oh, he DM'd me. Kid. Yeah, he said uh whenever he so he messaged me this. He said, whenever I, I announce that you're gonna be a guest on the show, he goes, Hell yes, Tate is the number one reason I'm still printing shirts. That's hilarious. I was so close to closing shop when I met him. He gave us multiple shouts on IG two years ago, and we were still riding that wave. Tell him to check the mail at the Caveman Lounge in Santa Fe. No kidding. And you uh should uh uh ask uh, what was the most difficult part of getting Cayman Coffee started um, and how you got past that? It, it's 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 now is the most difficult time too. Um,
2: it's easy to start stuff. Like everybody can initiate conversations, businesses, uh, the, driving your car down the street, navigating the obstacles, that becomes the thing. And so it's easy to start stuff, but keeping it alive or keeping it vibrant is a whole other thing. And I think... Uh, everything that people look at as successes in my life I look at as failures like I, I look at like I've dropped the ball a lot but I've done it on big stages and so it looks different to other people but I've got this thing where I'm never very impressed with anything that I do either and so even if something looks great to other people I'm I'm not so easy on myself with it I suppose and uh the hard part about caveman is the hard part. It, you could overlay, you know, the, the, the microcosms and the macrocosms, they overlap each other all over. And no matter what it is, people are looking after they do something arduous and difficult as if they've climbed a cliff wall and they're standing on a ledge and they look out over and they see the horizon and they go, look at all this, right on. And then they turn around and they go, fuck, there's another cliff wall there. And that, that's the thing, man. The life is Climbing. It's all climbing. Yeah, you ought to reflect over the horizon now and then, but mostly it's the hard work and your fingers bloody on the rocks and you're climbing. And like, so where we are right now with caveman is just another climbing. It's like for me, it's been an education. My whole life has been a university of going, Well, how do you how do you then curate this business and be a good steward of it? How then do you curate then a career and do this? How do you then uh, have these relationships and do like and so like, whatever it is, it's like, there's always the next thing. And how are you, are you into that thing? And and are you, have you built enough discipline and honor that after it's not exciting and flashy that you're in the trenches still, because yeah. that's where you should be. And it's like that thing about like, everybody likes to say stay in your lane as like a, as like a admonition or like almost as like a scolding, like stay in your lane, dummy, you know, don't, don't try anything new or whatever. But it, that's one way to say that. But the other thing is, is like, for me, stay in my lane is like become the best actor I can be. Be, be a, a consistent podcaster. Um, and that's maybe it. I don't know. There's these other things going on I got in my life. But the things that are important about me developing me as a human, I've got to do that. And and it's easy to get caught into, especially like in social media right now, what I'm finding, like what's, and this is a tangent to this question, but is there's a lot of guys that create content All the time. And they're like, you know, you listen to a Gary Vee and he's like, content's king. Push it out. Push it out. Push it out. No matter what it is. I mean, I've got friends that are in the bodybuilding industry and then the like fitness or powerlifting and all that. And it's like, yeah, motherfucker. I watch you bench press every fucking day on Instagram. Like how hard is that to create a story Oh, to bench pressing. That's your shit. You know what I mean? It's like, holy fuck. And then, but you look at all the production and all that, like guys get good at it. I mean, yeah. they get as good as girls with these filters and the sticks and the, like they, they set up actual production shit for their shit. And I'm not that dude, but I'm over here going, do I need to compete with that guy? Do I, do I need to start doing that? And like, and then I go, man, stay in your lane, bro. Just do you. Cause this will bring your consciousness into such fragmentation that you're not going to be very potent at anything you do.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you start dissipating yourself so much and you know, you're spreading yourself too thin, then you're not really contributing what you fully can to people. And then that's when you're not in a good
2: place. And it's somebody else's job to get the content. I'm just doing me like is, is how I've got to kind of get that. And so For me and our company, it's like getting roles like that too, and going okay as these roles change. Here's what has to stay the same because this is where your potency is best. You know, you don't need to drive a coffee uh, or a a truck full of coffee kegs to fucking California on your spare time, Tate, because that's not the best use of your time.
0: Which is something that I used to do back in the day. (laughs) All right, thank you, Luca. Yeah he's, yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah, yeah. we met, uh, Tony and I met him in uh, Atlanta, him and his girlfriend uh, who run the shop, and yeah, they're great people. Yeah, that's
2: where I met him, also was out there, and he's a dope, dope guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, why the term pirate life, Anthony oh, shit. Silva 5 asked on Five, Good question, Anthony. Why the term pirate life? The
2: fifth. Are you is that because there's other guys unrelated to you that are Anthony well, and you're the fifth guy or is
0: it Anthony de Silva's 1 through 4 are already taken? That's
2: what I figured. <laughs> or are there four others in your family and you're Whoa. just descended? Anyway, pirate life came about and the coffee company was an accident out of that expression. <sighs> what I mean by that is when I stopped fighting and Keith had stopped too, but he didn't know it yet. We gave some nutrition talks and we started talking about things that we had known and that we'd we had professional nutritionists help us with who were wrong, who were just wrong about stuff. And and the way that the body would access different macronutrients and the, the, uh, for what our purposes were, what the best way to eat was, et cetera, et cetera. We got really deep into that topic and and we started looking at then, you know, at that time, uh, high fructose corn syrup was going to be renamed as a natural sweetener. Which, if you know some of the horrific effects that high fructose corn syrup is having on us, both individually and culturally, um, you you can see it's not advantageous for anybody to have that. Yeah. And also, now you're lying through your, through your products. And the head of Monsanto, I believe, was... Uh, appointed to the head of the FDA by Obama at that time, and and that's a real. Uh, so this whole idea of pirate your life back was just like your life is stolen and compromised. You're in an echo chamber of your own making. We've been um, we've been really kind of subjugated and don't even know it. We think that we're free will and that we're free thinking, and and Google owns all your fucking emails or whatever whatever the thing is, right? And then you start seeing that like big corporations can buy votes and they don't have to say how much money they gave to anybody anymore because of citizens united and and there's like some far-reaching problems with that and so this whole idea of pirate your life back is like I think your vote doesn't matter at all we've seen that it probably doesn't but um it matters where I spend my money because money is all they care about it's not fairness they care about they don't care about justice they don't care about the health of the country nobody does they care about money and so when you start looking at solving the drug problem, crime problem, any problem, whatever it is, people are getting paid to keep people poor. People are getting paid for people to starve to death. People are getting paid to have drugs illegal. I mean, it's the funniest thing when you really think about it and You go, if I'm in a room with a plant, I can go to prison. With a plant that grows out of the dirt almost anywhere, a very hardy plant. Like that's fucking insane. The laws around mushrooms are even crazier because you can have mushrooms, but you can't have them in a freezer or in a dried form. So if you have dried mushrooms, that becomes an illegality. If the if your mushrooms are there and they get old, now you go to prison. Yeah. And like that kind of stuff is fucking insane. This kind of trickery that's gone on. And so when I think about pirate your life back, it's like, man, think about where you're fucking paying. Where, if you're buying McDonald's, if you're buying stuff at Walmart, if you're, you're look at the parent companies at, look at who owns everything. And you start looking at that and you go, do I want to put money into that, into my own enslavement? And that's what the idea of Pirate Your Life Back was, was please explore your nutrition. Please explore where your food comes from. For God's sakes, please, you can eat yourself into health. If you're in in ill health, you've probably eaten yourself there. The way we treat ourselves is abysmal. And then you have the FDA that compromises itself based upon influx of dollars from different corporations. Well, fuck, man, that's not a watchdog anymore. That's somebody that's paid to lie to you, to subjugate your health, and so this idea of pirate your life back came from that. About you know, own yourself, become autonomous, yeah. explore what hurts you, what helps you, and know how to use your body as the best uh, example of yourself that you can go through, so you can be more useful to everybody around you and have a better, stronger community. That's kind of the idea.
0: We are getting a phone call. It looks like it looks like looks like a, a an actual pirate is calling in to the show right now.
2: Hello? Hi. How are you, Jeremiah?
0: Uh good. Uh I didn't know that uh Jeremiah Wonders reached uh the, the open waters. Oh yeah. We have many, many ways. So uh are you a, a fan of this uh this pirate life? I mean that must be what well, I why you like
2: you're... all that shit, huh? It rings a good bell.
0: When was the last time uh you know you went through a village and uh you know Pillaged? You... Yeah, you, you pillaged a village.
2: Yeah, well, we'll pillage now and again still, but we stop the raping. It's just not the right society for that right now.
0: <laughs> so you're a very progressive pirate.
2: We're getting a lot of pushback on the raping and pillaging. People don't mind a pillage now and again, but if you rape, you got to be careful where you rape. So are only comfortable in certain countries, you know what I mean? So a good
0: pillage is fine, but just to be clear, n- raping is not good right now. Really
2: passe. I don't know who
0: thought of that one. Okay, so what are, what are your goals as a pirate? Do you have any life goals like other Other than, you know, pillaging and maybe stealing from other people, like outside of
1: that?
2: Well it's more of a Robin Hood type of thing and uh, we'd like to just get everybody to 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 just kinda take the helm themselves and, and steer their own ship instead of this this cowardly kinda shrinking that we see in these cubicles around the country.
0: And where does the money go? You mentioned this Robin Hood yeah, uh, yeah. mentality. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just spread that around. You just spread it around. Oh, easier. You than go there. You, 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 you become independent. Is what you do. Is uh, you're looking for that independence. We grow our own vegetables right on the bow of the ship. Uh, the wholesale satellite system. Wow. Yeah, clear as
0: bell. You guys are. Uh, you got a smart setup there. Progressive. Are you looking for you know maybe a boy to clean the poop deck? If
2: you got out, smart the man poop
0: deck. You, you know say. the poop deck on a ship. On the ship. Uh, you know, on 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 the ship. The,
2: the vessel that I walk through life with. Y- yeah. Oh yeah, I could juice it.
0: Wait, I think this is turning a little bit to something that you. It may turn. There, there's, there's something in your voice that's a little creepy. Would to you me like right to now. be an
2: intern?
0: I don't know if I want to be an intern. I just. Wait a
2: minute.
1: You said you wanted to.
0: I said I wanted to, you know, clean the poop deck. You know, like be a Oh jan- yeah,
1: we got you. <laughs> Again. Uh, it's going back to something
0: sexual that I don't know. I just want to be the sexual, janitor. Sexual,
2: you say. Oh, I'm not opposed. If you say, i got a lot of backup after we've done this anti-raping.
0: Uh, I think we're losing connection with no, the I've fire. I've got to
2: change tacks. We're going to just go ahead and uh, come about. So we'll see you on the uh, Spinnaker route later.
0: Okay, I think I just got jumped into...
2: It's uh, oh, awesome, man. Not a lot of people can get just brought aboard like that.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned for uh, some of my well-being, but, uh, you know, I guess I got to uh, try new things. Well, you got to pirate your own life back, you know what I mean? <laughs> it means different things to different folks. Yeah. This brings us to our final segment, Sax Talk. Oh, Sax Talk.
2: Oh, sex talk! I love this.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so, well,
2: don't rape you guys. That's the number
0: one thing. That's. The <laughs> Can I get a little music on this? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some sweet sweet sax, and you tell me of a you know a story of some. Uh, I like to call it a saxophone. A saxophone, whatever, whatever. You probably haven't heard that before. A saxophone, actually. You're the first.
2: I've heard that before. Never like that. It's never good news for me. I'd rather have something a little more worn in. You know what I mean. There you go with that mouth thing again.
0: I got to wet it. I got to wet the reed. Hey, it is it's wet. Very
2: sec- it's a very sexual it instrument, right? It looks fucking crazy. Every, it looks like you are in love. You're not even doing that for my benefit. It's just, it's it's just, sensual. I'm
0: lubing it up. It's it's one of the reasons why it's such a sexual instrument. You're going just soft enough. You're like, it's nice, man. Yeah.
2: It's yeah. nice. The little
0: tongue, the right amount of lip pressure. Oh, Here we fuck. go. Fuck. You've been paying attention to ladies.
2: So for this sax talk, um, I'd like to go into, I mean, there's a lot of places you can go and you can get all your information. Basically, I learned a lot of stuff from Penthouse Forum. I don't know if y'all have ever listened to that. Or when I was a kid, there was this book called Playboy's Ribald Classics. It's just a horny young boy. I felt out any sexuality I could jerked off in deer blinds before, out in the woods hunting ducks, and on an airplane once. I don't actually believe that I've ever had sex with anybody else in an airplane, but I am a member of the Solo Mile High Club. And I was a very crafty and devious youngster where I had masturbated myself under a blanket Walt sitting next to strangers important fact unbeknownst to them it's not i wasn't out there trying I, there was none of that i was just extremely horn. there's no malintent. i would say but what i'd really like to do is say with a with a force like that that's pushing you to jerk off on an airplane in front of others you really got to learn how to temper the dragon. So I think before you go out on a date, on your first date, what I would tell a young Tate was, you better jerk that thing off before you go. Because otherwise, you'll be of no good if the time that's magical and elusive ever does come. I think I'd worn out three condoms in my wallet before I ever used one. It takes years for condoms to wear out in your wallet. So do yourself a favor. Learn how to pull out. Just raw dog that
1: bitch.
2: Which is the best way anyway. And never be afraid to eat that pussy. Because that is really the only thing that you should be thinking about is this woman's pleasure in front of you. And if you don't take all of your faculties to go, how could I be a better lover to make this person more comfortable? That's the realest of real, right there. We're here as stewards of other people's comfort that are in a vulnerable position and there is no vulnerable or more uncomfortable position than your first sexual experiences of being naked with somebody from the other sex that you don't really even know how to ask on a date and here you are with a boner and all this awkwardness so my sex talk to y'all would be the same as a lot of other talks it's a life talk And what your job is in this life is to bring a comfort and an ease to those around you on the team so that they can bring about the greatest result possible for everybody.
0: That's all I know about that. That was beautiful. I think every woman around the world (laughs) listening to you said amen in unison. I like that. Why not a woman?
1: (laughs) Whoa. Jesus. I mean, wow. It's a mic dropper.
0: Full circle right there. I do that. People ask Tate all the time what he uses to condition his beard. Little known fact, pussy juice. Pussy juice goes a long
2: way, (laughs) y'all. You got to earn that shine
0: that gloss, that glossiness, that Glouse of finish bro thank you so much for thank you uh, man i'm glad we could the show. do it oh man so happy Again, to have you
2: jealousy your zoom uh and and this whole i'm impressed with everything
0: oh my 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 apartment's set up you're you're i mean
2: <laughs> i'm looking at the neatest most put together like it makes it makes you jealous to go
0: like, oh all the pictures are hung up in here my wife has everything to do with that that's amazing yeah god bless her yeah. Is there anything that uh, you know? Uh, well, what
2: am I up to? You could have just seen me in Waco. Uh, is on. You can still download that on iTunes. I think it's on the Paramount Network, and uh, we recount the last days of the Koresh family, of uh, which I was a member. Um, just fresh out in Jumanji, uh, and then you're uh, great in that. That was fun. What's coming up is, uh, Ooh, I'm in a couple of uh, NCIS LA, and then uh, you can hear me on pirate life radio is my podcast um
0: and go back through like you guys you got to just go to his imdb and then you'll just be like i mean it's it's crazy like sicario john wick equalizer like the list is just amazing movies yeah
2: it's been great it's been a, a really great run, and that and that's the thing. That's what I'm focused on. That's what I'm. I, you know, I dabbled into this thing where I was like, I want to do stand up comedy because it's fucking scary. Like, it's all those things. Like, I, and I have a huge, huge regard for it, but at the same time, it's like that's a full thing. That's something where it's like, you know, I really respected Ari Shafir when I was like, he lives right by the dojo. He's four buildings. From where he like that's a dude committed. It's like and then I was like when I was coming to your place I was like I where Jeremiah's living. I'm like oh, yeah, not far from the fucking store. That's where because that's where the lifeblood of it is. And so uh, that kind of commitment is is amazing. That's the thing I wish in life. I just wish I had more energy to commit to more things. Um, but to be responsible, you just got to say no to some things too sometimes. And and uh, different things weave in at different times. So that's uh, that's it. That's it. But I'll see you at the store as a fan, as always. I'll
0: see you at the store, brother. Thanks so much.
2: All right, bro. Thank you.